Shall we begin? Why not? Welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did. Not to mention... Along with... Whoops. Join us now as Frankie Picasso and her new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing people. Let's begin Okay, let's begin now, because it only makes sense. Hello there, and welcome to Frankie Sense and More. It is so great to have you join us today. I am really excited for us because I have two amazing ladies. Both are going to change your lives, but in different ways. But first, I want to tell you a little story. I was asked to do a book review this morning for a book which hasn't launched yet, so I'm not going to mention the name. But as I went through the chapters, the author introduced me to so many great people that made a difference in her life that as I drilled down into their profile, files, because I had to look them up right away, I came up with some even greater people that influenced those folks and so on and so on. Well, the more I learned, the more excited I got because it all just affirmed what Deborah and Violet will be showing us today. And what I said from the very beginning of this show, there are wonderful people in this world who have so much to share with us, people who care about you and I, people who want to make our lives better. And as your life gets better, hopefully that's a gift that you're able to pass on to others. Well, as you know, this show is aligned with the United Nations Global Goals. And today I want to align with goal number five, gender equality. Did you know that educating girls can break cycles of poverty in just one generation? Yet, millions of girls aren't in school. Well, Girl Rising uses storytelling to inspire action that gets girls into the classroom worldwide. So please check it out at www.globalgoals.org. And while you're there, have a look at some of the other 17 goals. Well, one of the amazing people that I met through the book, but wasn't in the book, started a blog. Uh, his name is Brother David Steindelrast. Now, Brother David created the Gratefulness blog. And over at www.gratefulness.org, Brother, Brother David, uh, a fellow Austrian like myself, he was born in 1926. And that's so cool because that's the same year that my dad was born in Austria. So he says that the one thing all humans have in common is that each of us wants to be happy. And happiness, he suggests, is born from gratitude. So he created and posted a video called Gratefulness titled A Good Day. And it's such a gift. I just had to share it with you on the Good Radio Network blog at www.thegoodradionetwork.com. So please view it today. It might change your life. And if not your life, it's certainly going to change your day. Now, I want to say that I have the Real Housewives on. But I don't. I have the real ladies of Colorado. Both these girls live in Colorado. Deborah Silverman and Violet Alexander are two special ladies. And Violet, while I'm going to introduce you to Deborah first, I want you to feel free to ask questions and vice versa, Deborah, when we're chatting with Violet. So I'm pretty excited about all of this. The two girls from Boulder. Uh, you may already know or have heard of Deborah Silverman. She's earned international fame, written a book, numerous articles, hosted a radio show, and her YouTube channel has over 3 million views. But on the off chance that you haven't heard of her, 
It's okay, because after this show, you will. She's very funny, hilarious, in fact, and her interpretations of each horoscope sign is worth the price of admission, if there was one, but there's not. So go to her website, www.debrasilvermanastrology.com, and check out her video interpretations. Guaranteed, you will recognize yourself, but don't do it right now, because I'm in the middle of my show, and I want you here. So stick around. She is part comedian, astrologer, clinical psychologist who has very successfully combined her passions for each and created a private practice that has been around for 38 plus years. Deborah uses astrology in her own system called the four elements or four E for short as tools to help people step into their power. Now, she's dedicated to creating community and working for children. And as she believes that the future is arriving and none of us can do it alone. So true. So while she's an expert in embracing the feminine, Deborah's ultimate dream is to revolutionize therapy by teaching therapists how to provide custom treatment to their clients. Now, there's something else that she's interested in doing because she is interested in teaching us all about astrology because she's created an astrology certification program. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much. How are you today? I'm doing really well, and this is so funny. The door just knocked, but I'm not going to answer it. It's just a symbol. The door is knocking. Everybody's everywhere. Opportunities um, everywhere. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. I'm really, really happy to have you on the show. And if you haven't met Violet Alexander yet, meet Violet. You're both from Boulder. If you weren't here at the beginning, I wasn't sure if you were going to get on. And I think that's really exciting because there's two entrepreneurial women, both now living in the same space and, and creating you know, things that, that are, make the world a better place. So I absolutely love that. Now, you've been studying astrology for something like 40 years, I think. And I believe you're a Gemini. So how come you haven't got bored with it? You're talking why I'm not, why I'm not bored with astrology? Yeah. You know, every single session is different. The, the fascination is that people have such stories. And I, my theory is the reason why God made us is because mm-hmm. she loves stories. So you get to hear every story. The name of my radio show is Tell Me a Story. And there's nothing to get bored with. I mean, there's just a constant array of different versions of how people cope with this crazy reality. We live in this really strange world that we all pretend is normal, mm-hmm. but there's absolutely nothing about this place that's normal. So my gift is making crazy normal. And, and you do it people, so well. <laughs> and letting people understand why they are the way they are. So that's really what makes it fast. It's never, ever boring. I don't think I've ever been bored since I started my practice 38 years ago. I, I don't even know really... bored is. I think bored is when you're, when you're sleeping. I, I don't know how to get bored. I mean, that's a funny word to ask a Gemini. It's only when things get repetitive. I think what boredom is is predictability and yes. then mundane and then the dishes and then going shopping and then having to deal with your taxes and having to – like, that's boring. But people, Absolutely. God, they're so interesting. Violet, what sign are you? Capricorn. Okay, well, love- we'll, we'll keep that in mind as we go through. <laughs> I love Capricorn. <laughs> Pretty different than Gemini, I think. Yeah, in my next life I already ordered. I'm coming in as a Capricorn. <laughs> that's funny. Really? Why is that? Yeah, because I just find, especially Capricorn women, they say what they mean. They mean what they say. There's no vagueness. They have great bodies. They're super strong. I'd love to know, Victoria, if that's true for you. They they follow through. There's no vague. I love the quality of precision and expression. I mean, maybe people think they're boring compared to Geminis who talk all the time, but they certainly have a gift of manifestation with quality. Would that be true for you? 
Actually, it's it's interesting. I've never heard it described that way. And I and as Frankie was introducing you, I thought I have to go watch your video now on what a Capricorn's like. Um, <laughs> but your description was pretty pretty spot on. I'm definitely into athletics, and yeah, definitely. Isn't that great? And and I love how you've combined the the psychology with astrology. It really is a perfect blend. Why don't you explain why that's a perfect blend? Well, they're best friends. Think about it. So so mm. psychology is all about trying to figure out what's wrong with you <laughs> or, or trying to figure out what they can help to fix you. And astrology is all about what's right with you. Like it, it, it's an ex- explanation for your quirks and why you do certain things. And suddenly there's compassion. Astrology just says, listen, you come in with a stupid package. Everyone did. It's got quirks. It's got bumps. It's got blemishes. And there's an intention. And psychology is trying to figure out what's wrong without having a psych- spiritual or a big picture in view. So what I love about the combination is you get to use the therapeutic tool to actually help people fall in love with themselves rather than figure out what's wrong. Everyone's always focusing on what's wrong. Yeah. Why is it so hard to love ourselves, do you think? We're retarded as a species. I mean, we are retarded. As a species, if you look at humans, like Mm -hmm. most people don't like humans. I love hearing that. People say, I don't like people. I'm like, what are you? (laughs) Because humans by nature, we all look at each other and we go, what did they do? And why did they respond like that? And we all know that feeling. I was just working with a client. He told me the story about his teenage daughter who pushed his buttons and he threw up all over her, so to speak. And then he looked over at her and saw her face and he was like, what did I just do? And there was no free will button for him. And that's human nature at its worst. And Mm -hmm. we all do that to our kids. We all do that to our partners. And we all do that to the guy that cuts you off when you're driving in a car and you're kind of retired. You, you, You react and you're like, who? No matter how many spiritual books or how much yoga you do or how much meditation you do, we have these ridiculous responses. And that's embarrassing, and that's why it's so hard down here. Because by the design of humans, said the astrologer, the nature of humans is that one half of our brain is not functioning with consciousness. It's a right brain function, which is pure, spontaneous, and totally reactive. And then we have a left brain who thinks that they know what's going on and they make up logical answers. You should be nice. We should be friendly. We should talk. We should be. And those two don't get along. Have you noticed? Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed that. It's, it's, it's like you, we spout off all these wonderful things and it would be so great if that could happen, but it's not going to. Not for a lot of people. You know, it's interesting. I have a toddler, and when you look at children, they don't have that sensor yet. So I think you sometimes still get to see the raw side. Um, do you do any work with children, Deborah? Yeah, that's. I think one of my favorite things to do is to work with children for this reason. Because when parents understand the nature of their personalities, like it, the, the compassion shows up so quickly. It's so funny. My good friend just walked in. I wrote for many years for the BC Parent Magazine a column called Thank Heaven for Little Stars. And the whole column was about understanding your kids when they're born, which then allows you to have permission. So some kids, I did this in a school. This was the funnest thing. I had a school where I had all the kids sitting in the room and all the water kids were all cuddled up and they were all quiet. And the air kids kept interrupting and raising their hand and having a million questions. And the earth kids had their little pencils all sharpened. And the fire kids were like batting their, like beating their foot on the ground wanting to have recess already. And I described to all the kids, listen to the water kids, you guys get your feelings hurt and you just want things to be right. And then the air kids raises his hand and he goes, excuse me, why do turtles this was so funny why do turtles walk on beaches and get laid there i was like what and that was so air and the teacher was like this is what he does all the time and then the earth kids were like be quiet don't interrupt 
and the fire kids were like tapping their toes. And you get to see live time. These personality types show up so young, and kids love it. So one of the kids raised her hand, and she was like, I think my mom's water, because when we moved out of the old house, she cried, and when we got to the new house, she cried. She was like, <laughs> is that water? And that's how kids see the elements so clearly developed. And, yes, kids, mothers understanding their kids, but even more, my my biggest dream, which will happen when I grow up, is to teach kids this language. Well, we're about to go to a break very shortly. So let's keep that in mind because that's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story. And I know, Violet, you can relate to that with your own son, who is, yeah. your son is how old? Three. He's three years old. Yeah. So stick around. Don't go away. We're going to come back with both of these wonderful ladies and you're going to want to hear more of this. I guarantee you. Thank be you. right back. Heck no, we're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's merging Do you think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image, but not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The American Journal of Cardiology reported that heart attacks rose as the stock market crashed. Researchers at Duke University found that when the stock market took a dive, heart attacks increased steadily for people that they were monitoring. In these current uncertain economic times, We need to focus on exercise and stress relief instead of the things that we cannot control and that cause stress. Harvard Medical School offers tips to minimize your stress level. They are get enough sleep, learn relaxation techniques, learn time management skills, confront stressful situations head on, nurture yourself, and be sure to exercise. Physical activity alleviates stress and reduces your risk of becoming depressed. It is beneficial for your overall health. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Did it work for Thanks for sticking around. We're back with Violet, and we're back with Deborah Silverman, and we're just so happy that you're back with us, too. Just before we went to break, <laughs> Deborah was telling a story about, you know, she was in a school, and she, and she was, you know, talking to these school kids, and she was describing the air and the fire and the water and the earth signs to them and how they reacted. And very often as adults, you know, when we get into relationships, sometimes the very first thing somebody will say, well, what sign are you? Uh, because they think that they know all about you then. How true or untrue is that, Deborah? Well, there's truth to it. Astrologically, you really are your sun sign. There's not a, it's not as simple as just your sun sign because there's nine other planets that no one ever talks about because they're not as easy to discern. You always know where the sun is. It moves one degree a day around the, 
the heavens. And so we know that on June 1st every year the sun will be in Gemini or January 1st every year the sun's in Capricorn. But you don't know where the moon will be unless you look it up. So the sun sign is really relevant. It's easy to identify. But sometimes people don't relate to their sun sign and they disregard astrology because of it. And honestly, it is a science. And so you are your sun sign. It is the most predominant influence. It definitely has a huge, as you can imagine, our planet. Everything points to the sun. All plants lean to the sun. You decide what time to go to bed and get up because of the sun and what to wear every day because of the sun. It's a dominating force. And don't disregard the moon. You know, she's over there in the dark going, I have your emotional body. And that's what I think makes us so retarded. It's probably a politically incorrect word but we are emotionally, we're emotionally we're emotional wrecks i mean everyone on this planet has a secret emotional realm where they're yeah. basically a little screwed up and they have addictions and they have fears and they don't like this and that's the place where we don't get to discuss because you have to know your birth date time and place to really get to where your um moon is that that little boy the, the that talked about the turtle he was an air sign right he was a gemini totally Totally. Yeah. He was a Libra. And it, he was a Libra. Was and that was what was so funny is um, the Libra, you would think Libras, all the, when I did that school, all the air signs, of course, interrupt. And they raise right. their hands and they, they have these ridiculous random questions. But Libras are scientists and they are the most bizarre people. <laughs> I know. I live with one. <laughs> but it was funny. so funny because, you know, oftentimes as a Gemini, I have, you know, 10 conversations going on in my head um, and sometimes they're with real people um, and I'll start a conversation in the middle of a thought and people go, what the hell are you talking about? And, uh, and I expect them to catch up. Now, sometimes when I talk with another Gemini, they get it right away and I don't have to explain anything. Um, but with other people I do. And is that, do you, is that kind of common? Remember. Um, that is very common. And I think what it is, is that there are, first of all, you can't just do the Gemini, but yes, air people talk cryptic. Like we can do one sentence, like we can look at each other and track each other. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Water people don't use words. They'd rather not talk at all. That's, yeah. that's Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio. They, they have a telepathic thing. Earth people are, and that's Capricorn Violet, Earth people yeah. are like, be practical, show me the results, talk to me, bring me a memo, and let's get this written down. And fire uh-huh. people are just, they're, they're screaming and yelling, getting all excited and going, you know, into... Let's go for a run. Do we have to talk about all this? Or <laughs> <laughs> fire people, don't they just tell you what to do? Um. Yes, 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 yes. That would be definitely a yes. <laughs> I have to assume you're both Geminis. Am I correct? I, yes. Okay. <laughs> what, made you want, what made you say that? I can just tell by the kind of the sense and the energy and the constant banter and Normally, I, you know, I am somewhat talkative, and I'm like, wow, I don't really know how to even break in here. <laughs> exactly. See, that's what's so helpful about astrology is you may have, a, like people listening, you may have a kid who's air, and they talk over you, and they overdo their communication, and it gets you so annoyed, and you can't get in, as you just described, Violet. And then there's the other kids that don't talk at all, that they sit in their bedroom, and they want to be left alone. They want to do their video games, and it really bugs them. When you keep asking them, tell me what's going on, and what do you like? I I really learned that watching different kids be raised that you can't do the same patterns, and that's why astrology is so helpful. That is, boy. So it's almost like you get a secret key to them. Exactly, it's like a code. And yeah, you break in. Decoder ring. With, I love especially it. with kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the the gift of why I work. I love working with um, teenagers, and why I work so well with them is once you acknowledge their reality 
and you don't dismiss it and say you've got you know, you've got to talk more or you've got to stop playing video games or you got once you go in into rapport on their turf and their land and you know their language there's such relief all of us feel that we all just are longing to be seen like tell right. me you understand me and then all of a sudden I feel so much better what what um what sign is your son uh Violet Capricorn as well, but oh, he he's falls, a Capricorn as well. He falls at the beginning of the month, and I'm all the way. I'm all the way at the cusp for Aquarius. So he's January fourth, and I'm the nineteenth. So I get to see. He definitely has some interesting sides to him, where um, he definitely has. I think a bit of fire, where he never wants to sit still, but at the same time. He's also very, if he's doing X activity and that's the X activity he has chosen, he needs to stay in that activity and nobody's going to tell him otherwise, which I think is very Capricorn. Totally. It's earth people. All earth people. Think about moving a tree or a rock. No. Think about watching Think about watching air change its mind. The bird goes this way. The bird. All you have to do is just distract the kid when they're air and they'd love it. Earth people are, No. We said no. this, you're doing it, stick to it, and so how, how do you deal with it? Well, that's why Capricorn, so do you relate more to Capricorn or to Aquarius? Um, I'm definitely, I think, split um, 50-50 because I'm, I'm creative on one side. Like, I've, I, re- I write songs and I'm a singer, um, which I think is definitely not on the Capricorn side of things. And then on the Capricorn side of things, I've always, you know, when I am in a professional career, I'm really disciplined and dedicated and to what and you're I'm a runner, doing. too. That's pretty disciplined, too. Yeah. That's so Capricorn. Oh, my God. Earth people. So Earth people love discipline. Air people <laughs> yeah. don't even know how to spell the word. They're like, what are, why are we even talking about this? So I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Don't tell me what to do. And it's so important because otherwise we get mad at ourselves. Like Capricorns get mad when they don't stick to their routine. Uh-huh. Air people, you know, Gemini, Aquarius, and Libras, they don't have a routine. They do it exactly what they want, and they love when everything goes don't off. Don't anybody tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a but club called Don't Tell Me What to Do. Yeah. If you take it to a child, though, like if you change the routine on a Capricorn child, they totally oh, no. melt yeah. down. Exactly. Oh, wow. right. Total meltdown. Yeah. yeah. So if I, you, I, what, Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, no you go ahead. It. I was just going to ask you about being on the cusp. How much does that um, – I, I have a child. He's a February 18th is his birthday. So, you know, he's he's a little bit of Aquarius, I get, and, and Pisces. So where is he? Well, you have – this is where astrology – you have to call an astrologer because every year, like, for example, this year is a leap year. So mm-hmm. it goes off one day. The whole system goes off one day. Ah. So every year is different, and that's why it's required to look at um, an astrologer. It's so funny because my good friend who just walked in who has eight children, it's unbelievable, who oh, I, got to wow. wa- she, she, I got to watch her raise her kids. And you see the different personality types. And I can remember one of her sons had water, and he always wanted to go in his room and didn't want to talk. And, and if she went in there to interrupt him, that would have been the worst thing you could do. Whereas another mm-hmm. kid has air, and all they want to do is talk. If you don't go in the room and talk to them, they're going to feel abandoned. And yeah. it's so important to know the different styles because what happens when we impose our will, especially on kids, by the time they're teenagers, they become rebellious because they're so pissed off for us trying to impose the controlling mom, you know, wanting it to be mm-hmm. my way. Well, you don't do that with a fire kid. They're, all they're going to do is get louder. And you've got to match fire people. When there's a fiery kid around who's pissy, you've got to match their fire with your fire. You've got to stand up and scream and get pissed off. If you don't, they'll control the household. So my theory is that kids come into people's lives 
because they are actually here to stalk you to learn something. And God was not playing with dice, as Einstein said. You've ended (laughs) up with this kid. That kid traveled great distances to find you. And it's a soulmate of sorts, for good or for bad. And they've come to teach you something very specific. So don't underestimate the child's value as far as teaching you either patience or loudness or going fast. They, they, you have to, we have children because God gave us this gift. It's not a free will zone. People think they're choosing their parents and all mm-hmm. that stuff. No, there's assignments. Like, really, I love when they tell me I chose my parents. They gave me a list of these Jewish parents in Detroit, and I picked them. (laughs) No, I was on drugs, and they were assigned to me. And and I probably just said they're cute. Who knew? So you have karmic agreements, and you have assignments, and you're here to learn. That's the only thing I've learned after almost 40 years. We have assignments. And astrologers can look at a chart in no uncertain terms and say to you, this was your assignment. Here's what you came to learn. And this kid came in to teach you this. And sometimes you have really good karma with kids, and they're so easy to be with. And some kids, someone was just telling me her story of flying to Hawaii with a kid for five hours crying. Some kids come in, and they're just miserable right at the beginning. Yeah. And you can't change it. And the mom feels guilty, like, why is my kid mis-? Then the next kid comes and smiles and goofy. And so you're like, what did I You didn't do anything different. These are the karmic agreements. And these are the patterns they've come in with. Now, the question is, who's got the cryptic decoder? Yeah. Quick, call Deborah Silverman. And that's why I've just opened up, a, and now we've closed the, the um, door to teach astrology this next three months. I've, I'm now teaching, and the, the, it just overwhelmed me how many people signed up because the class, when you finish, you really do learn in a concrete right. way, and very simply. What is my karma? What's my personality type? And how do I fall in love with the fate? Because you can't argue with, with who they gave you. Ha ha. You end up with your kids. You end up with the dog. You end up with your mom. Like, try arguing with fate. Ha ha. They're not even listening to you. You you wrote, um, I, I just want to get this in. And we're going to come back at the end and everybody's going to talk again. Because next, next, uh, after this next break that's coming up, I want to talk to Violet for a few minutes. But you wrote a book called The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. I mean, that just tells you where your heart's at. Just the I name know, of that I book. So, I feel bad for us. I, I mean, I hear too many stories all day where people really are doing their best, but they're just, it's so funny. I was just reading all the applications for the school, and how many people say the same thing? I criticize myself internally. I don't have to get up and go. I get stuck on the couch and I eat too much. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. How many times have I heard this? I don't know what my purpose is. So Everybody. That's, and that's, you know what, it's not true. You do know why you're here, and you can get off the couch, but we've gotten ourselves so unconscious. There's no class. They should have taught in school. In Harry Potter school, they do this. I don't know why Harry <laughs> Potter didn't come to our school. They should have taught a magic class. And it should have said, listen, kids, you're going to make so many mistakes. You're going to get addicted. You're going to get fat. You're going to get your heart broken. You're going to feel like you're so miserable. You're going to have this mean little guy in your head saying all kinds of mean things. He's so unfriendly, that guy. And he works in the middle of the night. Have you noticed? Yeah. He just keeps talking. Who is he? Mr. Gremlin. So So, mean. so it, once your awareness is on, and this is what should be taught in the schools, like, okay, kids, look, you are screwed up. I hate to hurt your feelings, but you're screwed up because you're human, not your parents' fault. You chose to be in a body, and now the question is, what did you sign up for? Wow. You know what? We're about to go to a break, but it's a really good place to stop. What did you sign up for? Ask yourself that during the break. Who are you? What did you sign up for? Yeah. Uh, 
We'll talk about that more. When we come back, let's we're going to meet see, Violet Alexander. Let's see if the three of us, including Violet, can tell us, what do you think you signed up for? Like, while we're on the break, let's all three think about it. Yeah. Good. Good. I like it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Don't go away. We're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. It's marching Did you hear about the hound dog that participated in a 13-mile race in Elkmont, Alabama? According to Runner's World, the two-and-a-half-year-old hound dog named Ludivine was just horb-gorbling in her backyard when she heard the runners lining up for the trackless train track half-marathon in the distance. Somehow, she found her way to the starting line and began sprinting alongside the other runners. According to Keith Henry, the winner of the race, Ludivine cut in front of him and the other runners several times. They had to be careful not to trip over the pooch. As it turned out, Ludivine crossed the finish line in 7th place with a time of 1 hour and 33 minutes. According to her owner, that was a pretty impressive showing for a normally Scabberlacher dog. Scabberlacher is another word for lazy. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's marching Autumn is a time for hayrides, carving pumpkins, and making scarecrows, or as the Scottish call them, tatty doolies. Pumpkin patches, apple trees, and heaps of fallen leaves are a few images that come to mind when you think of autumn, including gossamer. That's the fine, filmy cobweb seen covering the grass or tops of bushes. Autumn is a good time for horb-gorbling or puttering around the yard, watching izzles. Those are the particles that float upwards from the chimneys. Oktoberfest is a German tradition that has been embraced by Americans in the fall. In Germany, true Oktoberfest hails only from the breweries located within the Munich city limits. All other events must be dubbed Oktoberfest style. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. And did you think about what you signed up for when you were on break? Well, keep that thought. We're just get, right now. We're going to meet Violet Alexander. And if you are a fan of the Good Radio Network, you may remember that we first met Violet on my show. I changed the world. Well, she's back. And for those of you who don't know about her, Violet is a seasoned sales and marketing professional. She's had 15 years of business development success in companies ranging from Fortune 500 multinationals to small struggling startups. She's a founder of Run Regus, a safety first fitness app you might remember it as run safe and when she's not knee deep in zany startup life she's also a singer songwriter we did play her songs and letters they got and she, she is a very proud mom violet welcome back <laughs> thank good. you Frankie. thank you so much for reaching back out and telling us about your about the app how has it changed let's well first of all tell us what it is sure so this all came and this all came from a personal experience when I first moved to Boulder. Um, basically I slipped on some black ice when I was running with my son in the running stroller and it was a pretty bad experience where he almost fell into the frozen Boulder Creek. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and scary. If, and you know where, you know, Deborah, yeah, so yeah. there's no guardrails on the side at certain parts of the path. So anyway, um, you know, I'm frantically trying to reach my husband and I'm new to the area. And I realize after I get him on the phone that 
honestly, there's nothing he can do to help me because I can't even explain how to get to me. So um, I ran home and my son, this is the, I mean, this is kind of funny. My son never even woke up, um, <laughs> but uh, the experience, oh, and this is probably pretty Capricorn oriented. The experience made, uh, made me want to do something so that that could never happen again, happen again. So um, my husband is a techie and Together, we ended up building an app that combines fitness and safety in one. And it's called Run Ragus because, um, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but Aegis is the name of Zeus's shield. So shield for protection. Oh, gotcha. So Run Ragus. So the idea of having protection when you're out running um, and the whole idea just came from the fact that I had this terrible experience. And honestly, I'm an empowered woman that wants to go out running and doesn't want to feel like I'm in danger. And, and so that experience made me feel I needed to do something so that I could feel that way again. Why did you change the name from Run Safe to Run Rageous? Is there something yeah. new in the app? So the app has a lot of new safety features Beautiful. and, um, especially in terms of the ability for your, for your loved ones to actually do something for you when you're in danger. So there's tons of safety apps out on the market. Um, this is, you know, an app focused on fitness and safety combined. But the big thing is, is, you know, safety apps, they typically send a notification to your contacts. But then what good is that they're not with you? And so we've got two ways that your contacts can help you now. They have the ability to be connected to your 911. So if you're, let's say you're sitting in Boulder and your safety contact is in Philadelphia, that person in Philadelphia can get you help in Boulder because our, our app connects you to their 911. And then the other thing that is really powerful is in the event of an emergency, you can geoblast your safety profile to everyone in a close radius of the emergency that's on the network. So um, these are two new exciting features of it. Um, but honestly, the rename had a lot to do with a more inclusive brand. And, you know, previously we were really feminine oriented and it was very very like safety and mm -hmm. protection. The, the brand is supposed to be more powerful and, and less gender specific because okay. we, we found that, I mean, we have men that use this too. There's lots of men whose wives are concerned about them that go out on long, you know, ultra runs. And right. yeah. so we, we wanted to open it up so that it was more inclusive of everybody. You know, I go out in my backyard, and, my, and if I'm not back in a certain time, my husband goes out looking for me. He thinks I <laughs> fell down and broke my leg or something. It's pretty funny with the dog. Um, I love, I love, love, love this app. I really do. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you're actually seeing it yet, but it, you download this app to your phone, and you put in your contacts, and, you know, whoever it is that you think will help you at any given time, and then you go out for your run, and you're by yourself or with your child, and if something had happened to Violet, she would have been able to, you know, the phone would have alerted her husband, even if she couldn't. And he, and there's GPS so they can find her. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just such a brilliant idea. And the other thing you just, I mean, the scenario you just walked me through, 
you know, you, when you start activities, you set a time frame. So if you know you're going to be gone for 30 minutes, you send a notification, your husband gets it. He knows that you're fine. He can watch you real time. And then when you're back, it tells him you're back safe. But if you're not back in the time frame that you've set, then he gets an alert to check on you. So he doesn't have to be running out to check on you without, you know, without knowing. Provocation. He'll, he'll already yeah. know, right? So um, you'll find, and this is what I found, is, you know, after my husband built the app for me, I did a ton of testing. And mm -hmm. he just got addicted to being able to have that sense, uh, you know, that peace of mind. Security, yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> if it would be broken because he was fixing something, it would be like he'd be nagging me even more because he just... He was so used to having that extra peace of mind. I absolutely love it. So what do you Capricorn. think of it, Deborah? This is so Capricorn. Listen to this point. This is 100% Capricorn. Let's nail it down. Let's make sure we're safe. Let's be practical. Let's make some money on this. Let's make sure everybody gets value for it. And let's make sure it's really well done. And what's your husband, Violet? <laughs> what sign is he? Um, so uh, what's August? I don't even know. August 22nd. He is on He's the cusp like you are. So he's right between Virgo, between Libra, Leo and Virgo. Yeah. Okay. Probably Leo. I, I know yeah. we're very different. I would say that the reason we make really good business partners is because we just have completely opposite skill sets. Right. Well, the Virgo, the Virgo would make him very a perfectionist, but the the Leo would make him inspirational. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the reason we have really good sex is because it's so... <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, because you're a team sport. So you're doing all the practical and the details and fire people get really excited, inspired, and they come up with all ideas and Capricorn nail things down. That's such a great example of, one, team sports. I love relationship. It's one of my favorite things to work with is watching people's dynamics and seeing how they can support each other. But then, two, that you took your dream and brought it into form is so noteworthy, like... How cool. And what a great practical thing. You took an accident. This is life. You took a really hard story and you turned it positive. So we never answered our question of what, what did we come here to do? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that on the break and I'm like, wow, this is a tough question. And, I, you know, my honest truth would be I really like to help people. Um, and when I mean people, I like to help people that are close to me. So, like, for instance... Um, I like to help my husband. You know, he he is an inspired person who loves to build all sorts of different things, and he has a different idea every other day. Um, and I'm a person that likes to make, make things happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I have found in my life that I've partnered up with people on a very regular basis professionally that I enjoy helping. So... I know that's a strange thing to say in terms of like, why would you do business to help people? But um, that's, I think, my answer. Totally makes sense. What about yours? Tricky. Um, <laughs> you know, I've got two answers because one is I like to help people embrace change because I love change and so many people fear it. But there's another one that says I'm here to learn to love myself because it's so oh. difficult. Wow. Mm. How are you doing? Uh, getting there. Getting there. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, at least I know, you know, I can see it now. And so, it, the, you know, that's half of the battle okay. is to hear it and see it and, and, you know, kind of figure stuff out. But the more I'm quiet, the, more, the easier it's getting. So 
Yeah, absolutely. The, the change part's pretty good. <laughs> the change part's <laughs> easy. That works. What about you? I, I, mine is just definitely bring a language because I'm. it's funny how we're all um, wanting to help people. I'm a healer for sure. That was one mm-hmm. of the reasons they sent me here. And that came really young, being able to change people's internal world by soothing and healing. And then also um, a translator. I can take those you know woo-woo things. And bring yeah. them down into English. That's one of my specialties is speaking English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because astrology is such an abstract and all this new age stuff with everything from chakras to past lives to dream right. time to dead people. All the, and I've become fascinated, but I think my gift this life is bringing it into English and translating it so it's not woo-woo, but it's actually applicable and real. Right. I love it. You know, I, I'm a metaphysical hypnotherapist and I do do past life regression. Um and, I, and I, I just, you know, I took the course because it interests me, not because I really want to do it, uh, but um, I got a master's in it. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's just the way it is. I, I, and I'm sure you're a professional student, too. I just love learning. We, you know, you like to learn new things just because you can't. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? So Violet has super graciously and generously offered a free three-month trial to the full-on version of Run Rageous. And all you need to do is go to either www.thegoodradionetwork.com into the blog and the instructions are there or go to http uh, runrageous.com, which is R-A-E-I-G-I-S, which I always get wrong, uh, slash welcome and put in Frankie Sense as your promo code and you can download it to your phone right away. So either works. And we'll, we'll make sure you remember that to do that. But I signed up, and it was so much fun. Um, I did it just before the show started, and it's now on my phone. And I got my contacts in there, the ones I think will answer. And <laughs> <laughs> my kids, uh, for sure, the ones who are really addicted to their technology. And so if something happens, and you know, I know that they're going to come looking for Everyone me. Everyone addicted to their technology? Um, mm. I got Gemini children, twins. So, yeah, they're definitely addicted to their technology. I don't think there's a human. I, I don't know. I, it's like someone told me yesterday of someone that didn't have the Internet at her house, and I was like, what? Yeah, my husband doesn't have a cell phone. He has a work one, but he, he doesn't have a personal one. Oh, wow. He doesn't want That's it. Yeah, impressive. I couldn't live without it. I couldn't live without it. And so how do you communicate I, with him? Through the day? I, uh, I mean, I, I could text him if I, on his work phone during a day, but, um, you know. I, I don't need to do that, really. He's busy. He's busy and I'm busy. <laughs> so I can get him if I need to. I can call. There's a phone, you know. But, uh, yeah, it, he just doesn't. We're going to go to break in 30 seconds here. How addicted are you guys to your technology? Listeners, Violet, Deborah. Oh, yeah. Honest. Yeah. How addicted well, are we you? we build an app. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When we come back, I want to talk about a scenario that happened and see how, what you guys think about this. And what, It would be interesting to see if we could figure out what the parents were. Be curious. Yeah. Anyway, stick around. We're coming right back. Okay, and you're not going to want to miss one right second of the action. <laughs> no, we're just getting warmed up. Frankie Sense and more will be right back after we pay the bills. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. 
After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Did you know that having one hand in your pocket is considered arrogant in Turkey? My husband and I felt like goostrum noodles when this was pointed out to us while we were visiting in Istanbul. A goostrum noodle is a foolish person. What is seen as common behavior in one country is frequently considered bad manners or rude in another country. For example, while most Americans sit in the back seat of a taxi, in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Scotland, and the Netherlands, to sit in the back of the cab when the front passenger seat is available is considered rude. In Japan and South Korea, tipping is seen as an insult. And in China and India, it is considered greedy to tear into a gift in front of the giver. What's another word for a person with bad manners? A snirt. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. We're back with Deborah Silverman, Violet Alexander, and... I'm your host, Frankie Picasso, and the show is Frankie Sense and More, because it only makes sense. Well, I promised a little story, and we asked you before you went on break, how addicted are you to your technology? Well, my husband and I were out to dinner not that long ago, and across from us was a couple, a young couple, probably early 30s. They had two small children. One was maybe three-ish, and the other was about 18 months, something like that. And we watched them throughout their, their meal, and on the whole time, each of the, the parents were on their technology, on their phones, I don't know, playing games, texting other people, and not once did they pay attention to their children or talk to one another. And That's awful. <laughs> we were astounded. We were astounded. Oh. And the same thing happened when we were to, at the theater. We were at the theater, and we're going to see, I don't know, like some, some step show her anyway uh, we're there and there's a couple sitting next to us on a date clearly uh, both again on their technology uh, texting to other people and not communicating with one another so is technology taking away human interaction and communication why are the people on the phone much more interesting or important than those who are sitting next to you makes me so sad yeah are you, really you know, asking I, that question I really am asking that question because it seems like even when, you know, you go to a store and you're sitting at a store or standing there with merchandise in your hand wanting to pay, if the phone rings, the person on the phone is more important than the person who's ready to give you their money. I mean, I see it all the time. So true. I just, I just did an interview. You guys probably know Jill Bolte-Taylor. She was one of the biggest TED Talks yeah. ever done. She had a brain. Um, she was a Harvard-trained brain That's surgeon right. who... 
who had a, um, a stroke. Stroke mm-hmm. in the middle of the stroke, her awareness came on, and she had the wherewithal to tell herself to call nine one one. But she was clearly having a major stroke and brought herself. And you've got to watch the video. But we just were yeah. talking about this, and she told me the story of how. So she got to the hospital bed. It was the third day there. They said to her, her mom was coming. She couldn't talk. She couldn't really move properly. She was like a little fetal position. She did, it took her eight years to come back. But what struck me was when the mom walked back in the room, her, she was obviously, she was in her mid-30s when this happened. Her mom was in her 60s. When her mom came in the room, she knew only that everybody in the room was so excited to see this woman named Gigi. Her mom's nickname is Gigi. Right. And she didn't know what Gigi meant. But all she knew was everyone was so excited. And the first thing Gigi did was she looked around, she made eye contact with Jill and saw that Jill was gone. She took the sheets back, got in the bed, held her and started rocking her. And all Jill knew was, oh, Gigi means feels good. She didn't have words. And I thought that was the antithesis of what happens to us on our planet. Now, we no longer know how to get in the bed and cuddle with someone and say, I've got you. Like, we've lost that emotional, needy vulnerability because we have these funny little devices that become this electronic stuff. It's called the Aquarian Age in astrology, but it's so distant. And when she told that story and everybody went, oh, like you just did? Yeah. Because we starve for contact, but we're too embarrassed to admit it's back to the same thing, the internal dialogue. Who wants to admit that they're lonely? Right. Well, when I when I look at technology and the use of like social media and things like that, I think a lot of times you can have a different personality or you can communicate differently, and so it's almost it feels safer to some people. I think it's it's created almost something somewhat not natural, um, and and sometimes I think our children even lose their social skills as a result. There's no question, we've lost mm-hmm. the touch. Like that story, we've lost the touch. So what is it that keeps us from preventing from wanting to touch? Because we've all been hurt, and none of us know that that's okay. So if we could just have the courage to be emotionally available to the people that we love, boy, that, that computer stuff, I'm so puzzled by Because I love, I'm a Gemini. I love mm-hmm. Facebook. I think it's, a, it's like going down the high school hallways, and I say hi to everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there's the touching. Like there's where's your best friend that you can sit with in your sweetie and put down your phone. I make myself leave my phone. I have, I have. I go on a diet. Yes. Yeah. Like you are not taking your phone with you. You're going for a walk, and everyone you need is right here. Bye bye. My son will tell me to put my phone down. He'll say, "What are you doing? Stop texting." <laughs> <laughs> Honest to goodness, he will. He'll look right at me and say, "Stop doing that." I don't blame uh, him. I get, I get the same thing. But you know, like when you're a passenger in the car, I get bored sometimes. I don't, you know, you, you don't always want to look out the window. Have, I don't know. This I have to play a game or do something. <laughs> We've lost our ability to be bored. This is exactly the whole point. Yeah. We no longer know how to sit in silence. Think of meditators. Think of people in third world countries. Most mm-hmm. of life is actually quite boring. To be perfectly honest. And we don't know the value of boring is empty and receiving and being still and being able to entertain ourselves with creativity. We've lost it. So I, I'm not sure it's a bad thing because I don't tend to judge the nature of evolution. Why would we say that, you know, airplanes have really radically changed our lives? We never, whenever I get on an airplane, I'm always like, is this million trillion ton thing going to get off the ground? Mm-hmm. That it, it, like, is this machine in my hand going to reach out to my friend in Europe and I'm going to see her face for a minute. Like, we have so surpassed reality, but we don't often come back down to basics. Right. You know, so it's we, so we, important. George Jetson, you know, I, when I was a yeah. kid, I, I loved the Jetsons. I go, oh, I can't wait for that to happen in my life. And it did. 
So much of it did. It's so exciting. We're living George Jetson. <laughs> yeah, George we're living Jetson. George Jetson. If you don't know who that is, and you're <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know who's but George as a Jetson therapist, is? what you really see emotionally is we're all starving. And I loved when Jodie Foster got up and she received one of her awards when she came out and told everybody she was gay. And one of the sentences she said to the whole world is, I, I'm lonely. And I thought, yeah. whoa. Who has the balls? Why do you think we pick up the computer to talk to ourselves or talk to a play right. a game? Our minds need to be entertained because we don't know how to sit still because we've lost the ability to be patient and we've lost the ability to seek calm. We're stimulation monsters. And I play this game it, called, do you guys know about Lumosity? Yes. Yes. I play oh, every single day. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy about it. It makes my mind sharp, but I watch myself and I go, here we go, Deb. We're going to, but it's at least the right use of my brain because I'm learning how to use memory and numbers and organizing and I'm using the muscles in my head so that when I grow up, I won't turn into one of those people that forgets her name. It's luminosity.com, Violet. Okay, I'll listening. check that out. It's you a brain training. Violet? Oh, I've, not, I've not heard of it. It's a great app. It's a five-minute everyday application of making sure your brain doesn't go sleepy because it's uh-huh. true. We mm-hmm. you know, lose a lot. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there was an, an emotional app that every day yeah. did five minutes where you learned how to cry and you learned how to laugh and you made sure that you got off the bed and you put the computer down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so don't funny. give it. Well, I don't want my husband listening or we'll be building something else. <laughs> oh, there you give go. Give one more yeah. idea. Well, you know, I, I interviewed somebody who they just um, created an app for addicts. So it, it, it is an addiction app um, designed to help help them. Uh, recover from their addictions, and I, I think it's pretty brilliant. It, you By know, it's gamification at, at its best, and it's it's you know geared to younger people, really, uh, because of the nature of it. But um, there is a use for technology that is so brilliant. Yeah. But we also need to you know talk to real people and touch real people and hug real people and tell them you know that we love them. Like social media, people. You know, they hide behind their computer and they create personalities and avatars and archetypes, you know, that, that aren't them. They yeah. do it because they think people are going to love them. They're not going to love that real fat, ugly person who's sitting behind it. But they are going to love, you know, the picture that they see. And so they can create this this person. Is that but, really true? Do people really do that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they really <laughs> do that. And it's, there's no... You know, because I wrote a book on relationships and I did a, I did a bunch of studies on, on people who do online dating because they really do lie about who they are. They put up pictures that aren't themselves. Oh, yeah. And then they expect that, oh, this person has fallen in love with me now. So now when I actually do meet them, it's going to be okay. But yeah. nobody's okay with being a liar and nobody's okay with being duped. So this is, you know, that's where that, that show Catfish kind of came from. He helps people figure out if they've been duped or not by these. You catfish? Know, catfish. Yeah. It's. it's it's a show. Um, this guy was was on online dating, and he thought he was talking to a girl. He was actually talking to her mother, oh. and uh, you know, after like I don't know how many months or years even into this relationship. But then when they met, um, it wasn't even her, and it was yeah. you know, oh. yeah. So he now he's got a show where if people haven't met after like a year or something. He <laughs> helps them either meet or find out wow. who really is on the other end. Interesting. Yeah. You know, oh, I just wanted to mention, because when we talk about like technology in the bad sense, something that we're 
trying to do with Runrageous is bring back community because we actually have the ability for people to report in dangers that they see. And so the idea is if you care about other people in the running community, you can report that, hey, there was a suspicious person on the path or this trails out. And so you have the ability to be a part of a community where you're trying to help keep everybody else safe. So I think there's also, I mean, obviously there's the flip side with technology where we're too detached, but there's also the way to use it to bring people together. Um, yeah, that's really good. I like that. Um, we've only got three minutes, so I'm going to ask each of you to tell people how they can get in touch with you if they can. And Deborah, you said that now it's closed off, so we can't even take the course because you're full? Well, there's, we're, we're on a waiting list, so we've got the next course starting in June. Oh, um, perfect. But it's, and the court, to talk about community, you really do get to be part of a community of astrology lovers and people really disclosing their open heart. So it's Deborah Silverman Astrology, all one word, D-E-B-R-A, Deborah Silverman Astrology, and you go on Learn on my, on my homepage, and you'll see the apprenticeship program, and then you just sign up, and we'll let you know everything about it. Yeah, we just sold out within... That was unbelievable. Of course you did. Of course you did. I didn't know it would happen, but I'm in <laughs> awe of the magic that keeps that unfolding in the name of the Yeah. Players. Well, I, you know. Cool. Violet, tell people where they can find you. Sure. So um, I'm good with Twitter. So you can find me at LV, so capital L, and then V Dreamer. And then um, our website for Runrageous is uh, www.runrageous, R-U-N-R-A-E-G-I-S.com. And do not forget to go and download your free three-month trial that Violet has graciously and generously offered to us. So thank you again for that, Violet. Really appreciate that. And uh, Deborah, so nice to talk to you again and, and you have you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad that you had a good time, and I know I had a great time. So, everybody, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, go and put your name on that waiting list. I can't wait to take that course. I couldn't do it right now because I'm a little bit busy. But, yeah, I really, really want to take it. Um, I'm excited. I've always loved astrology, something it's been near and dear to my heart. So I'm really happy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So, there went the two great ladies of Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> I love Boulder. Boulder's surrounded by mountains everywhere you look, 360 degrees. It's, it's absolutely an amazing place to live. But um, now it's even more amazing because you can go to Boulder. And I think you can even maybe take Deborah's course in Hawaii, which would be even neater to see her there. But, um, yeah, this is Frankie Picasso. You're listening to Frankie Sensler more. Tune in next week for some more amazing and great guests. I can't wait to see you. Take care. Oh, and you can see me on Mission Unstoppable Radio Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There you go. Take care now. Bye bye. <laughs>